Okay, friends, I am so thankful that I dare to follow God. I dare to dream his dreams. I dare to take that time, whether it was during my kids' nap time or those Saturday mornings when I wanted to sleep in and didn't and got up and wrote. I'm so thankful that when I followed this God-given dream, God led me on an amazing path. I mean, I don't even think I would believe it if I would go back to that young woman who was 22 years old at the writer's conference saying, someday, by the time you're 48, you're going to have 75 books published and you're going to have a podcast, which we didn't even know the word back then, and websites and be able to teach and speak. I mean, I think that would have just overwhelmed me. It would just been too much. But the amazing thing is that when we follow God, He will take us one step at a time exactly where he wants us. And I love that. And we'll be talking about that today with my friend, um, Rachel Swanson. Now we're going to be talking about her new book, Refine and Restore, Revive Your Heart, Release Your Purpose. And we're going to be talking about how God took her on this unexpected journey. He gave her this desire to write, but it has turned out far differently than she would have imagined, including a book, her first um, Big and Little Devotion book, that ended up hitting the bestsellers list. And I just love how God has a plan for us. We just need to take those steps. Rachel will be talking about that today and how even though the steps don't always lead where we want them to, or we think they should, that God will refine us and restore us along the path. So enjoy this conversation with Rachel. You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to Heart to Heart Chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, on Walk It Out Today, I am talking to a new friend, Rachel Swanson. So welcome, Rachel. Thank you. So glad to be here. I'm so glad you're here. It's going to be so fun just to get to know you better. I mean, I follow you on Instagram. You know how you like kind of see people on the outskirts and you're like, oh, I got to talk to her in real life. This is so fun. Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) So why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, well, I am a mom to three little kids. Um, Actually, they're not as little, I guess, anymore. I keep thinking, like, gosh, they're getting bigger and bigger. But I have two twin uh, seven-year-olds and a daughter who is almost uh, almost six. And then I've been married for 12 years, actually almost 13 now that I think about it. No, it has been 13. Um, And yeah, I do writing as well. I... I'm a speaker here and there, um, but one thing I really have fallen in love with is online coaching, and so I coach aspiring authors as well, and um, just, I have a lot of creative talents and things that I love to pursue, and so I'm just constantly walking that out, right, um, with God every day of just asking, okay, 
um, what's the next thing that you want me to follow and, and embark on with you and an adventure with him? So, but that's kind of the gist of it. And um, recently we did move though. We moved from Southern California. I've always been a California girl. And we moved from Southern California to um, kind of the rural hills of Southern Idaho. And um, that was about a year ago. And so, uh, and we jumped in onto a really big leap of faith um, where we partnered with some people to, um, yeah, just see what God wanted to do with this ministry that we kind of started. So we'll see where that goes still. <laughs> that is so good. Now that's a big change. I mean, like culture yeah. shock going from Southern California to Idaho. We moved from Northern California to Montana and this was back in 1995. So it's oh, a while ago. Yeah. But for me, even back then, it was like, I, I felt like I was going back in time 20 years. Yes. Just, I don't know, just neighborliness and dirt roads and <laughs> totally. I, I mean people were like smoking everywhere I'm like don't you <laughs> totally. know that is bad for you I mean it's just the weirdest no, thing that is so funny you mentioned that because I was even sitting there thinking about that the other day when I was driving around and I saw these people smoking in their cars I'm like I'm just not used to this because I don't know I guess where I'm in I guess California I don't know maybe it just seemed like where I was at and who I was around it just didn't happen that much but yeah it is a very big change from big city to definitely I'm in a small um, country farm town nestled in some hills and um, weather is definitely different, but I actually do think I, I'm enjoying the weather. I don't mind changes of seasons. It's kind of fun. Like we get a little bit of snow and I kind of like that now in the winter. So yeah, but it's been fun. It's a, it's a good transition for us. It is. It's a, such a different world. I mean, I think once you, I mean, get out of California, like the whole world is different <laughs> than California. But I remember sitting there and like talking to my agent about like a multi-book contract that I was um, working on. And I was sitting in a Quonset hut with my, like they had a wooden bench um, and my toes were on the line and my kids were playing basketball in the middle of nowhere, Montana. And I'm like, this is like, people just don't realize I mean, there's so much like just you know, out there, like little rural towns and yeah. basketball. And, totally. and, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. So we're, we're loving it. Yeah. It's been a good transition for us. That's awesome. Well, I um, would just love to hear, you know, talk about being a mentor and a you know, coach for writers and then also balancing, um, you know, families. So I would love to hear just kind of your journey that led you to where you are to, um, first of all, your own writing and then now uh, mentoring and wanting to guide other people. Yeah, you know, um, so I, I really, I've always kind of worked. I, um, I was a dental hygienist for seven years. And even when I had my kids, I went back to work, but very part time. I didn't want to work too much, but I still just felt like there was something that um, just helped me mentally. I don't know. I just felt like God had wired me to still put my hands into something else, you know, to be able to creatively or, or just work in some other capacity outside the home or away from my kids. And so, um, so I, I continued to keep doing that until, um, you know, 2012, 13, that's when I started to dabble a lot more with my writing. And at that time it was just a family blog, right? Um, kind of like a lot of people had back then. And, uh, and then that eventually started to simmer and start to morph. And so sure enough, by the time it was 2015, I really felt this desire and this um, invitation, I, I would say, by God to explore this more and to really pursue writing 
uh, books, you know, that he'd put on my heart. And so, so of course I, I stepped out and started learning all the things and then I'd start getting totally overwhelmed by the whole process of it. um, (laughs) Right. And it's like, it's a journey. It's definitely a journey and a process. And so many people, they, you know, they'll see me where I am right now and they don't realize how many years it's really taken, even though they didn't see me, maybe like I've just come on the scene, maybe in the last two years for a lot of people, but you know, really it's been many years before that of cultivating, stewarding, learning, and positioning myself to be used for God in this way. And, um, but yeah, so that kind of led into um, producing my first book, which was um, kind of a surprise to myself too, actually, because of course I had a whole nother idea that I thought was for sure going to be my first book. And then um, at this time I was exploring some things personally and really just with, when it came to my health, I was having some health related issues. And so uh, I went to the doctors and was asking questions, getting testing and all that kind of stuff. And everything, you know, thankfully was turning up negative, but, um, but still I was, I was dissatisfied because it, it felt like there was something wrong, something off with my body. And so as I started to explore it more, I came across um, just the fact that, you know, I think I might be having anxiety or stress related symptoms mm. of my life. And for me, that was just a huge acknowledgement of like, really? Like I never thought I really struggled with this and had anxiety and stress, but I was really dealing with it a lot, especially after having my twins and my daughter all really scrunched up close together. It's, isn't it amazing how God can use um, something so beautiful like children, but at the same time, they have been my biggest growing pains really, because they've taught me so much about who I am and um, has have challenged me of exactly God, right like I don't have um like I've yeah it, it just kids in general they can be stressful let's just can I just be honest <laughs> they can cause a little bit of extra stress in your life because you are dealing now with multiple people that have hearts and and emotions and they need care to be cared for and um and that can really just you know add on top of all the other stressors and so as I was exploring that I realized you know I think I might struggle with anxiety and at this time that's when a lot of those adult coloring books had come out you know come out and it was really popular and I kind of scoffed at it, you know, I was like, yeah, that doesn't really work. I don't really have time to sit and like color. Okay, <laughs> whatever. So, but one day my daughter, she was two, I think at the time. And she's like, mommy, mommy, come here, come color with me. And there was a little coloring book out of like Minnie Mouse or something. And so I go and sit and I'm coloring with her and I start coloring after five minutes because I was, I was doing this exploration I actually noticed within five minutes, I really did feel less stressed. I thought, well, this is something. And then I thought, well, wait a second. There's still something missing. I was like, ah, I know what it is. So I grabbed my phone and I'm looking up a devotional app and I'm trying to look at a devotional while I'm coloring, right? And my daughter's like, mommy, mommy, you know, she wants my eyes and I'm not paying attention. I'm like, well, yeah, this isn't going to work because I wanted that spiritual distressing as well. And then I thought, oh, oh yeah, I'm sure there's something online. There's got to be an adult and child, somewhat of a coloring book or devotional coloring book. That would be cool. And I look online and nothing, you know. And sure enough, that's when I felt like God had told me in the back of my mind, he's like, you need to create this book. This is is Mm. the book I've designed you to create right now. And so I threw my other project aside and just dove right into this one. And sure enough, um, it got picked up on and became a national bestseller, which was totally a huge surprise, um, but just super humbling too. Just so cool to see that, wow, see, there's something about this book that 
that everybody else, it wasn't just me. Like I wasn't the only one that needed it, but even though I created it because it was really something I was like, I want this book. I need this kind of book. And so I created it. And um, so, yeah, it's just designed where it's, you know, face to face and um, you, you color together. It's like coffee shop style and they have their side and you have your side and you have devotions and scripture. And it's just a great way to just sit and relax and enjoy with your child or, you can even do it. I've, I've even heard people doing it with their grandmothers or, you know, um, just to have fun and, and just time of connection. But, um, but that's been really fun. And then it's led to multiple other projects. And so it's been, it's been great. Like over time, it's fun to see how things continue to morph and change. And um, because of that and the success I had with that and now having multiple other book contracts um, and, and now releasing some more books, I, I've asked, been asked by a lot of people, like, how do I write a book? You know, how did you get published and all these things? And that's when I also started to dabble into coaching and found that that's also another really a true gift that I have is, is coaching and mentoring um, through things. But one thing that I still feel like I um, do that's different is, you know, I can't dissect, um, I can't dissect away from the spiritual component of, of coaching as well. And so I, I really incorporate, it's, it's a full gambit of not just the practical tools to how to become an author, but it's also how can we build you up into being the leader that you need to be, have the spiritual stamina that you'll need to have to walk out this calling for the long haul. Because I see so many authors, especially Christian authors, get burnt out, feel overwhelmed, um, you know, and, and not be able to stay, stay strong because they're, they're maybe doing too much, you know, Um, they're not, they're, they're, they're leading in this place where it, it can be really hard when your ministry is, um, sharing about God, right. And you're doing all this stuff that to everybody else on the outside, you're, you're sharing God's love and pouring it all out. But what are you doing for your own pouring in, you know, and it can look like because you're in the word and you're sharing and all that, that it's fine, but you can then start to feel a little hollow if you're not taking time to really see God in those quiet places of your own heart and your own life. And, um, so that's what, what I felt like God had told me, this is something that you need to, and I want you to pursue with me. So I've started doing that and gosh, it's continued to just lead to so many other fun things like podcasting and connecting with other people on podcasts. And it's just been so fun. <laughs> you know what I love? I mean, I, so many times everyone I talk to, there is this moment of relinquishment where we're walking, where we think like, this is a good direction. Like I'm following God. I see these natural gifts. Like I want to write or I want to do, you know, help kids in the inner city or whatever it is inside our mind. It's always like, it's a good thing. It's not like we're pursuing things that are wrong or bad, but God will just like, okay, you're, you know, you're kind of in the right direction, but here, like, let's go this way and let's change things. And I mean, and how, you know, these health concerns end up being uh, kind of the thing that lead to a larger vision that that God had for you that you didn't even realize at the time. And I think so many times um, in life, we we were praying for this one thing and God saying, okay, that's a good thing, but wait, (laughs) I have so much more. And I just love how you're an example to that. And um, so that's, you know, I think that's so important too, but also the spiritual foundation. I've been talking about this a lot with writer friends um, about, you know, so many times like, 
we have to have it. We have to have a strong foundation to build anything on because like the house of cards or when it talks about the wise man um, builds his house upon a rock and the foolish man builds his house upon the sand. You know, I'm thinking of when I first started writing, I was 22 pregnant with my third my first conference like this very young new christian yeah i'd been a teen mom and um you know for years i pursued and just the doors were closed i'm like god i don't understand and really yeah. it goes back to those times i got up early spent time in my bible time yeah. in prayer like i needed that spiritual foundation before i had anything to offer Absolutely. <laughs> to other people gosh there's so many times i sit down and i don't have any words like i don't know what to say and I just, I'll, I'll literally take those first five to 10 minutes and just pray, God, you give me the words. You obviously are the one that can help, you know, that works through me. And, and I want to trust that you created me to speak um, in a way that's, yeah, unique to me, but it's how you've been wired, how you've created me to, to speak and to communicate. And, and then it was like, it's all of a sudden things will start flowing, you know, like you'll remember like a, I don't know, random um, story that you're like, oh, that's a perfect example. And so then things just start to flow. Not all the time. Sometimes I do have to sit there and just grind through it. And that's the truth, right? If you're a true writer, you know that you're not always going to be inspired. <laughs> like You just sometimes have to sit your butt down and just start putting words out. And it might be messy and it might be yucky, but you can't help polish something and make it beautiful if you don't have anything to work with in the first place, right? So you just got to get some words down sometimes. And that's, that's sometimes the process of... <laughs> A hard process of writing. Um, it's not always fun. It's not always glorious. It can be, um, you know, a little isolating sometimes because you're, um, you know, you don't you don't have coworkers in a sense. But um, but the nice thing is is once you start, they, thankfully these days, you know, there's online communities like this and or places where you can connect and have podcasts and you connect with other like minded people or people doing some amazing creative work out there and um, you can feel like you're not so alone, right? Yeah. That's so true. And I think, and it, we always need those people like you are to others. And I mean, I've had in my life and now I, you know, try to reach back and help others um, also, but like we need to, it, there's always like people that are ahead of us and people behind us. Like we need to be yeah. looking forward to those people that we can get advice and encouragement from. But then there's also those ones that are behind us that we need to be helping along the way and to be um, in, encouraging them and inspiring them. And when I went from, to my first writer's conference, Robin Jones Gunn was um, there and she's just been a huge mentor to me. She's, I mean, she was a best-selling author back then in 1994. Mm. And it just, it's so yeah. cool to see that. And, you know, for those that are like pursuing something that's like, oh, this is my dream. It helped her say, okay, yeah, but don't forget about your family and yeah. you know, focus on that. And I think all of us need each other. And I am thankful for, you know, this online community. I mean, you know, from going from connecting with someone on Instagram and kind of seeing them then said, Hey, you want to be on my podcast or let's yeah. connect or let's share lives. Um, Let me go back. Cause you, cool. asked, you asked me a little bit about how we do this, like how I do this and run my family. And can I just be very honest that my husband, hands down, has is like the backbone of everything mm -hmm. that I'm doing out here. If it wasn't for him and his, I mean, literally, he's been, can I just be, he's been doing all the laundry today. Well, I've been on phone calls and interviews and coaching calls and like all day long, you know, he's been home and helping. And um, while right now this season's kind of been different, I mean, he used to work full time and now I'm was was back to work full time 
all this past year and he was home. And now we're going to be entering a season where we're both going to be working from home full time. That'll be interesting. But, uh, but we're always making adjustments and helping one another. And we're really trying to serve as a team. And so there are those times, you know, where I have to put some boundaries on my work uh, so it doesn't interfere in a family. And then there's other times where, you know, I'm on deadline. And unfortunately, I have to take like all day on Saturday to write out a couple chapters instead of go hang out on the lake with friends that he's going to take our kids to or whatever. And so there, there are those times where, um, but, but how I determine that, you know, those times of, of sacrifices, you just got to get still with God and really determine and, and discern where he wants you. Because mm-hmm. there are going to be those moments where, you know, he's like, put down the laptop, you need to go connect with your kid, or you need to go connect with your husband right now, like this is more important, or take that phone call from the friend who really needs you right now. And I've done that, you know, where I've taken pauses on work, because I just sensed the spirit telling me or God telling me to, you know, cultivate this other person or relationship or take a pause and do something else. And then there's other times where it's like, I would really wish that I could just, you know, veg out with a movie and a fa- with my family. And yet it's like, no, God's like, okay, I have called you to this work. And, you know, trust me, they'll be okay. They, you'll, you'll be able to connect with them later. Um, this is where I called you for right now. And it's okay to, um, to do that. I, I think we feel guilty for not spending every second with our family. And yet, um, and yet I, I, I just, I don't, I don't think that's a, good way to look at things, like a good, good, good way to look at life. Um, you know, it's about, about quality. I remember looking at a study that they talk more about um, how truly kids thrive. It's, it's more about quality than quantity of time. And if you're taking quality moments of time, even chunks of time with your kids, that can be better than just quantifying, you know, the time that you have with them, especially if it's more distracted. And so I try to find those quality moments of with my kids to really connect with them or if my husband where I'm not distracted uh, because then they know I have my, they have my full attention and I don't do that all the time. Right. You know, like sometimes I don't do that. Right. But I do try, that is my goal uh, to be living in that way so that we can all thrive as a family and um, make that balance kind of work. And then asking for help. Gosh, I have asked for help multiple times. I've had in the past, even I've, I don't do, I'm not a one woman show. Like I have an assistant that helps me um, some hours a week. And I have friends that have helped me with certain things. And I've had a house cleaner that helps with a house, you know, it's like, there are things that I've paid into to help me be able to do some of this work. Um, and and spend this time on my work so that um, but but not sacrifice all the other duties of my household, you know what I mean? So yeah, and I think yeah. it goes back to like figuring out like, what things do my family really appreciate and they feel is important and then what things like do they feel is not as important that maybe you know I mean all yeah. my kids do chores but I do have someone come in once a week and she does all the deep cleaning and I'm, I'm totally okay like yeah, I will work totally. I will write an extra whatever to pay for my house cleaner totally, to come in. totally. <laughs> I, yeah important to me I used to do that too I mean and then recently we did have to cut back from that one but um just because we're looking at things but yeah for a while I was like it is worth it <laughs> for me to hire somebody to do deep cleaning like once a month. And I just was totally fine with that because um, it enabled me to free up the time that I could spend then doing my other work that I felt like that's where my work needed to be as well as, or just me, me to be able to spend more time with my family, you know, cause that all takes time. It all takes yeah. time. Yeah. And really looking even as 
I'm looking at opportunities. It's like, okay, can I bring my family along? Can the, oh, yeah. how much time? And we've, they've done trips with me. I spoke in Seattle. We drove from Little Rock to Seattle, Washington, you know, with the yeah. family. Because this, the, um, I was speaking at a writer's conference. They're like, bring your whole family. We have a place you can stay with all of you. And so it ended up being this road trip. We're doing it again. I know for sure in May we're going to Florida because I'm speaking at a conference there. And, um, you know, I even told them, um, okay, instead of flying me, you know, we're going to need gas money for the family. (laughs) And and they get to see the benefits. So, yes, there was times when I'm like, okay, yes, I can't go on the family bike ride on this Saturday. But, you know, next Saturday I will be with you and we have this trip. You know, I think – it yeah. is the important of balancing. And I'm 100% um, with you on having the husband <laughs> behind because my husband, John, um, you know, we still have six kids at home. And so he's yeah. always like, okay, I'm going to take him here. I'm going to do this. Or, yeah. um, you know, we're going to, if it's close to deadline, we're just going to go and we're going to order pizza or um, yeah. so it's amazing to have that support. And I think I, I think I know I'm guilty of it, not just giving shout outs enough to my family who is kind of like behind totally, me uh, and supporting me um, along this journey. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, they definitely deserve a shout out because we could not be doing some of these things that, you know, when, when you're not um, primarily at home, uh, it can get a little chaotic. You know, there's obviously time spent elsewhere. And so you have to figure out what's the balance where things don't suffer in your life, you know, from laundry, right? Because, well, whoever loves laundry. Well, you said you love laundry. So that's, I guess you can come over and do all the laundry. If you want. I fold laundry. <laughs> awesome. That's a good idea, huh? <laughs> one of your podcasts earlier today, okay. I was folding laundry. But the fun, you know, I just spent an hour and a half before we talked in the laundry room. Because it's one of those yeah. things, like if you neglect it too long, there's just like pile. My kids would it's like want to do their, my, my teens do their laundry. And the rule is supposed to be if you pull something on the dryer, like you have to fold that load before you do it. But so many times, like I didn't pull it out. I'm like, well, somebody. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to own up to it. Laundry that got pulled out and never folded. But. Oh man, yeah, I know we have piles. Like it got a little crazy, like a little cray cray for the last couple of weeks. So I'm like, oh man, now we're you know chomping on the bullet trying to get it all done. But it will get done. But um, but yeah, you know, trying to find those systems that work for your life. And everybody's going to have it differently, you know, like my schedule and my life and my kids and my needs of my family are not going to look like yours and yours don't look like mine. But finding that, I I don't really want to say balance, but I like harmony. Mm -hmm. I heard somebody term that and there's harmony in what you're doing. And um, because I don't really truly believe there's ever fully like a balance, like you're always shifting something or trying to rebalance things in life, but finding that harmony, that space that feels like you're in a good rhythm, you know, that's what we, and and where I try to focus my time and energy on. And I'm always reassessing. I'm always recalibrating. Things change. Seasons change. I mean, we're just about to enter a new season again of my husband working and, you know, and that, that changes things, right? It changes the dynamic. And so constantly shifting and seeing, okay, where, um, how can I be continuing to steward the passions or talents or time that I'm spending here, volunteering, whatever it is you're doing, as well as um, being able to make sure that I'm stewarding my family well at the same time. And yeah, yeah. it seems like it's almost a weekly thing, like, okay, this week. Yeah. <laughs> Daily, probably minute, yeah. every hour, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> trying to make sure it's all working smoothly. 
So. Awesome. Well, let's let's talk about your new book because I'm going to make sure we do that. So, how Great. did you know? Well, tell, first of all, tell us a little bit about it. How did you know? Like, this is the book that you wanted to write next? Because I know, I mean, as creative people, we're like, we could do this. We could write about this. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, well, my next book um, that just released is Refine and Restore: Revive Your Heart, Release Your Purpose, and Interestingly enough, I mean, my, my first blog, my official blog name was uh, Refine and Restore. And um, so I, I had held on to that for a while. Then I changed it to rachelcswanson.com, but I always held on to Refine and Restore because I thought there's something about this. It, it was something I had prayed for for a while, asking God, like, what kind of name do you want my blog to be? What What's kind of been the heartbeat of my life? And it was really about refinement of refining away those those lies or the things that are holding us back or or seeing a certain situation and seeing how God is using that to refine you and then restore you into who you really are, your true identity, helping you understand who God really is. And um, that's just the constant kind of growth cycle is what I kind of look at it of, um, of everyone's life, really. Um, but it was particularly for me, for my own life. And, and now, obviously, I put it in a book to to help you see it in yours. And um, with this, though, the funny thing is, is I was actually pitching a, a totally different book. Um, and let's just be honest, like that one flat out got rejected by every publisher. And so, yeah. but that one, it was funny, because as much as even though I, I had written on that one, uh, being a creative person, I, I'm one of those writers where I'm always writing like multiple different book proposals. I just, if I have another idea, I just have to like purge it out. And so I'll just write like an outline of, you know, like another book idea. And so I did have this one, one, there was one day when I was like, I just need to get this one out. Like, I feel like there's something in it. And it was, you know, my refine and restore book. And so I, I purged some information. It was just like basically some chapter summaries or whatever. Um, during the process while I was pitching my totally other book, um, that I thought for sure was going to go to contract. And, and what happened was actually, um, you know, I get a publisher who came back and they said no to that, that other one, but they're like, well, what else is Rachel working on? And so my agent asked, he's like, so do you have another project you're working on? I said, well, yeah, but it's really not ready yet. Like I have, you know, this he's like, well, like just send it over to me and I'll, I'll take a look at it and see if we can, you know, see if we can maybe work on getting that to be sent. And so I sent it to him. Well, sure enough, he actually sent that thing over. He didn't even like, <laughs> he just, he liked it enough. He was like, I'm just going to send it. So he sent that over and apparently they liked it and they wanted more. And I thought, oh gosh. And so I literally was like dragging my heels though. It took months until I got like another chapter and then they wanted like another chapter and then that one passed, but then the next one was interested in this book. And so then we'd send it over there. It was so funny. It was like God dragged me along because I did not feel ready to write that book at that time. And it literally was about a year later and I was finally like, okay, God, I, I think you're wanting me to write this one. And I think I'm finally ready to write it. And sure enough, it was like that next month, I got a book contract with it. And um, so it was just so funny. And then it was super quick. Like I had to write it in basically two months, which was insane. But uh, it, it was one of those books where I knew I could write it that quickly because it's been the heartbeat of what I've been talking about, sharing about, just what I've been living for the last five to six years. And so... Um, yeah, so it's, it's all about like refining. Um, it's really my story of faith. I didn't grow up as a believer. And um, so the first couple chapters is really kind of one of my pretty miraculous um, testimonies of how God met me and, and showed up in my life in, in a way that um, I just knew the truth of who God really was. And then going through all the um, 
really just the challenges and the the areas where I've just kind of messed up in life and just how God's um, refined and restored me in those areas. But five kind of key ones that a lot of us women struggle with, but we are too scared or too afraid to admit Um, some subtle areas of our life that we shove off and pretend like are not really uh, a big deal, but they are. And so I walk people through that, then go through to really understanding who we really are, how we've been created, um, inviting people into the questioning process of you know, what is my purpose? What's my calling in life? What kind of talents and gifts do I really have to offer? And then helping them step out and release those, those gifts, those purpose, um, the dreams that God really has for you into places that you start to experience the depth of who God really is. And so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a living, walking testament of this too, because I mean, I, I mentioned, right, that we, um, you know, we moved and there's, there's a way bigger, bigger story involved with that, that move, um, that again, it's it's been all about kind of following God's lead for our life and believing that He still communicates and connects with us and and speaks to us in in deeper ways than um than often maybe maybe we we kind of brush off or think it was a coincidence or not really Him you know but He does and and so trying to help people see that again and rekindle their heart and rekindle their life to um, walking out their life in ways that um is really incredible and 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 exciting again, because because God is anything but boring. He is not boring. But I think we've made him out to be this boring God when we read the Bible or whatever, but he is not boring. He's amazing. He has so many amazing things he wants us to be invited into and adventure with. But, you know, we just get scared or we we get nervous and we wonder if he's going to keep, you know, stay with us. But the one thing that I keep remembering and holding back to uh, or holding on to is the story of Peter, you know, and he he, at one point he's on the boat, you know, and he sees, you know, what he thinks is Jesus out in the water. He finally just realizes it's him. And, you know, he's like, he decides, he decides to step out on water to go follow Jesus. Like he, he believes that he can go with him and do this amazing thing. And yet he still had to be the one willing to go. And yet, even though he goes and he meets him on the water and he starts to sink because he starts to doubt and the waves and everything, Jesus is still there to pull him back up. And that's something that we forget a lot in life, at least I do too, is, is that God's still going to be right there. Even when you mess up, even when you fail, even when you feel like you've gone the wrong way, like he'll still be there. Like you can still work through the messes that we're going to face. You can still work through our, our distractions that we, we do, but we just got to remember to trust that, um, that he's still there. He's always there with us and he has a really cool and incredible adventure that he wants us to be invited into with him. Yeah. And I think the thing about books is, I mean, just knowing so many writers, we have to live the message before we can write the message. (laughs) And you talked about, you know, replacing the lies with the truth. And I mean, refine and restore sounds so pretty. Like, like the words are so like, you know, I mean, so pretty, but then I know that there's like the sanding down. There's the, like when you restore anything, when you're restoring things, when you're refining things. So I would love to hear, I mean, just a little bit about that, just about you talked about, you know, you didn't grow up as a Christian, which I think the, I grew up, my mom and my grandma became Christians when I was like second grade. And Mm -hmm. I didn't know how hard it was for me even having, like we were at church and stuff. I would just love to hear more about kind of a little bit about your journey. And then the, the, some of the lies that were replaced with the truth, because that's a huge thing. And we cannot really move past what God wants us to be or do what he wants us to do until we can kind of grasp those truths for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, my, my, my journey was, um, you know, I was raised in a faith, um, but it was um, the Mormon faith. And so that faith um, really just led me to a place where I became very rebellious, though. I was a lot of rules and a lot of restrictions. I didn't really understand it and um, just really felt kind of a hollowness in that faith. And so I, uh, beginning in high school to early college, that's when I just, I really, I would say, became agnostic. I, I believed in a higher power, but it wasn't something um, I really thought about. I wasn't living my life for anything but myself. So of course, I started living into all the worldly ways, um, but getting to a place where finally I realized and kind of wake up and look around myself and and realize that none of this is fulfilling me. You know, mm-hmm. if anything, it's making me more depressed, more lonely, more um, just feeling guilty or just this weight of, of depression on me. And um, and then that's when I was like, you know, I want to know about the truth and really what this this whole truth God business, everything is like really is about. I wanted to know it for myself. So it really was a exploration process of my own um, that, that brought me to truth. And as I continued to research, I mean, just one thing that I, I still just um, I come back to and I just get wowed by is just the, the historical and, you know, the historical accuracy of the Bible is, is pretty remarkable. Um, when, you, when you look at just on a scientific or historical basis, it's, uh, it's a remarkable piece of, of work, you know, and uh, there were so many things in it that I thought, wow, uh, you know, even people that are not believers, you know, they still attest to the fact of this is a pretty, like one of the most accurate historical, you know, contexts of, of a lot of um, events, you know, that that's ever been done. That the, the faith part is really believing of, of whether or not Jesus is really real, that he, he really was um, the son of God and that he performed miracles and, and all those different things. And so, um, but yeah, so as I continue to explore, I mean, uh, then, you know, I'm not going to, I don't want to share because I think it'll, it'll take away the whole amazing moment of the book. But, um, but there was a real connection moment where I, I finally had gone to a retreat, uh, like a campus crusade. It used to be called campus crusade. It's now called crew, mm-hmm. a crew retreat in, in college. It was my sophomore year. And, I attended and everything that the pastor, the the person up at on the pulpit, you know, the pastor was saying was just like hitting me. Finally, everything was just starting to like, you know, come together it was like all the pieces of the puzzle started to fall, fall into place. But I was terrified of making that decision because number one, if I decided to then reject the faith that I was raised in, my whole family would disown, uh, disown me. Um, I was living in a world in a way where I was in a sorority and I had all these people that um, knew me to be the crazy party girl. I'm just going to be honest. And then I would have to be like, I would basically have to take a 180 from that. And then, you know, they'd all reject me. And so I got to this point of like, I'm not going to have any friends. My family's going to reject me. And, you know, do I really want this? And so, um, but it got to this point where I just, I couldn't deny it any, any longer. And, um, just so many instances of the Bible that, uh, resonated with me and spoke to me and just, showed me the truth of who Jesus really is and how personal he really is and how much he really loves us. And so, um, yeah, so then I, I accepted him into my heart and, you know, I, I would like to say I never looked back, but I mean, I didn't in a sense, but was it easy? No, I would, it was a very rocky road for many years after that. Um, and I, I wasn't perfect. I would still, um, you know, I was still involved in habits that were not healthy. Right. And so I'd find myself 
accidentally slipping up um, many times still and not being a, in a sense, Christ-like or godly person because it was still just, it was hard. It was, it was a change of life for me. And, um, but it did get easier in some ways, you know, like you do get more and more um, just convicted by his love and convicted to live a life that is um, just healthier, just, just ways that God wants you to live. And you start to see the fruit of that then in your own life. And so, and then going into, you know, some of those subtle areas um, that we don't, you know, often want to admit or talk about, you know, and um, there's, there's quite a few, but, you know, one is, um, there's one thing that, that, you know, has really had always really kind of irked me. And it was, it's about friendships. And, um, you know, I, 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 I talk about this instance I had, where I was in, involved with this group of friends who um, all claim to be, you know, of faith, which, you know, I'm not going to doubt that, but the way that they lived it was um, different than what I want. I knew that God was calling me to live by. Mm. Um, they were not healthy friendships. They were um, friendships that were pulling me down, really, to be honest, or or focusing on things that were worldly and things that were negative and they were very pessimistic. And I just, um, it was really hard, but there, it was hard because, um, I didn't want to, even though I started to admit that this probably wasn't a healthy group of friends, I, I wanted to try to be that person that could help change the group to help inspire and, or, you know, be an advocate in the group. And then I realized I really was, that wasn't really my place. Um, and I think sometimes we feel like we have to be Jesus and we have to save everybody <laughs> and that, uh, that he, you know, that God, that God says, yes, he calls us to love others and be friends to others, but not at the expense of our own hearts and our own lives of if they're pulling us down. And so as that started to settle in my heart and I, and I realized, wait a second, you know, cause, cause God talks about this a lot. I mean, you go to Proverbs, there's a lot of scripture too, and, and there, um, I mean, even I think is Proverbs 22 and it talks about, um, you know, being careful not to make friendship with others unless you learn their ways and entangle yourself as well in their snare. Meaning, you know, there are some relationships that just may not be really healthy and it's okay yeah. to detract, like disengage yourself from those relationships because guess what? It's going to promote an even deeper relationship with God that you didn't even realize was happening, that was that was disconnecting, or God will continue to bring other friendships that are healthier and more positive in your life. But the thing that we don't realize is it actually hinders our relationship with God, even though we're trying to be that friend. But you know what? I, I believe in, I definitely believe in times where we are meant to lean in and to press in and try to, you know, make this relationship work. But then I also believe that we're not meant to to do that for every single one, that there are some, he, God says, don't worry, just let that go. I will bring somebody else in to love them when you can't, you know, when, when you really can't, like you can't be that influencer in their life, but I'm going to bring someone else who can. And that just, um, it's not really talked about, you know, just the whole friendship thing mm -hmm. and how we don't have to be a scapegoat, you know, to others. And yes, we are called to be a friend, called to love, but we also need to remember that he talks about friendship in other ways too, of, you know what, if it's, a, it's an expense of your own heart and it's causing damage to your own heart, get out. That's not worth it. <laughs> it's not where God wants you to be. So have that grace and just ability to, to open your eyes and, and be okay with like, oh, 
I can release this guilt or this um, obligation I feel like to be these people friend, people's friends when I, I know they're just not healthy. Like, let them go. Let them go. If you really, really realize that after multiple times you've, you've tried, you realize, you know what? After praying about it, you're like, I just don't think that this is where I need to be. And this is holding me, you know, pulling me back. And it's not where, you know, it's not, it's just not worth it. That is so good. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think very many people talk about it, but I think there have been times and there's, you know, some relationships, there's some friends where I've talked to them about certain things. I've had some friends that are like, you're right, I'm doing that. I'm so, you know, so sorry. And they want to reconcile. And I mean, even, you know, I had to talk to one friend because she would just talk bad about her husband all the time. And I'm like, yeah, oh, right. Healthy. And, but you know, and she right. was willing to like come around and um, like, just like, thank me, you know, and, you know, want to make changes. And there's some people that are offended that you would point things out. And, you know, I mean, if you are honestly with a, a loving and caring heart trying to help someone and, um, and then they just like refuse to listen or they don't want to change, I, I do mm-hmm. think it's so important to step away. Um, and yeah. sometimes I've done that. And sometimes people have come around, I mean, years later, sometimes yes. they never have. And so right. I think so many times, um, we do feel like, I remember, especially one friend who was going through a divorce and, um, which I didn't agree. I didn't think she was making a right choice. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I end up like, I, I'm like, God, just give me the one thing that I can say that will change her mind. And, and finally like being so like, so frustrated because she wouldn't listen. And then finally realizing like, it's not up to me. Like I'm not yeah. going to come up with the perfect thing. Like if this is, yeah in her heart. And, and later, years and years later, you know, she, we reconciled and she's like, I wish I hadn't had made that choice. And, but mm. you know, I couldn't have in the moment come up with the one thing because it was yeah. like her internal struggle. <laughs> I think so many times we do feel like we, we could change things or we could change our friends or we need to be the one person. And sometimes and I definitely felt in that situation, God just asking me to back away, to leave her in his hands. And, um, you know, I'm thankful now that we're friends again, but um, I mean, she had to go through a really, really hard road there yeah. for a while. And we can't, yeah. we can't save everyone, whether it's someone in our family or friends. Um, and I think that is, that is that wisdom of seeking God. And there's sometimes we'll say press in, sometimes we'll say, you need to hold back, you know, and just know that, that we need to do that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. Well, Rachel, I have just enjoyed this so much. I just feel like we could talk Thank about you. so many things. And um, I Me love too. what God is doing. Um, and you and Thanks. I can't wait to just continue online to see the ways he's going to use you and grow you. And I always love cheering people on. Um, so Thanks. for those who are listening, who want to just continue to connect with you and hear more about um, you and hear more about your book, where can they go to find you? Yeah, I'm, I love Instagram or Facebook. And so Rachel C. Swanson um, is how you can find me. Don't forget the C, because um, I guess there's a lot of Rachel Swansons out there, you guys. But um, <laughs> that then uh, refineandrestore.com is where you can find all the information about my book um, and information about me. And so I would actually get, direct you guys to that one. Um, you can still get to my other website that way too. But, um, but yeah, you can find out more about what I'm doing there and um, just some of my adventures, you're welcome to sign up on my uh, newsletter list too. Cause I, I do send out every Tuesday, I send a little truthful Tuesday newsletter and just updating you on where God is speaking and what God's talking to me about. And as, as truthful as I can to share um, how God is still refining and restoring my own heart, and my own life. No, oh, I love that so much. Well, thank you, Rachel, so much for being here today. Thank you, Trisha. 
I just enjoyed chatting with Rachel so much. I just love how she dared to step out and dream big God dreams. I mean, sometimes it's scary. We don't know where God is leading. But the things I always tell myself is God knows what lies ahead and he loves me completely. So why shouldn't I trust him? Uh, why should I think that I know better when I don't even know what's coming ahead? I have no idea what is even going to happen in the next five minutes, let alone the next five years. So we friends just need to trust God, knowing that he's going to be with us every step of the way. Now, one of the verses that really came to mind as I think about um, her book title, which is Refine and Restore, and that is Psalm 51, 12. And it is this, restore in me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Again, I remember singing these words to a song in our little, little tiny church in Weed, California. Just restore in me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. And I think so many times we get busy on going our own way. We don't seek God because first of all, we forget the joy of our salvation. Just following God becomes an ordinary thing, something we do, something we schedule into our week, going to church, but we forget that we are completely changed because of God. I was just doing Bible study um, with my kids today, and we were talking about Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar um, when Daniel's able to, first of all, tell him his dream and then interpret it, Nebuchadnezzar started praising Daniel and instead Daniel reflected it back to God and said, God is the revealer of mysteries. And I think so many times we get to where it's just an ordinary thing. Um, you know, we don't have any Kings like Nebuchadnezzar who is uh, trying to kill us, but we take the glory for ourselves we think, okay, I must be a good writer or teacher or baker or whatever. And we don't reflect the glory back to God. Um, and I think when we do that, when we start really putting ourselves on a pedestal, um, then we think that we know better. We don't need God. We think we can figure it out ourselves. And so I love that. When we remember where we were, like for me, I was 17. I was a teen mom. I had dropped out of school when I prayed, Lord, if you could do anything with my life, please do. Um, God has refined me and he has restored me in a relationship with him. And I know where I led myself. I led myself to teen pregnancy at 17. Um, so anything that I have accomplished after that has been to the glory of God. And I think that's the same with all of us. So let me just pray. Lord, thank you so much. I pray that today you will restore into us the joy of our salvation. I pray that you will remind us um, that we would be in the pit right now if it wasn't for you, that I know personally I would be wrapped up in so many bad choices. Um, but instead, because of your salvation, I am happy and living and thriving and serving and loving and doing all these things for your glory. Lord, I pray that you will grant me a willing spirit, just like Rachel did, to take these steps of faith and to follow you, God. I pray for every listener out there that you will give us willing spirits. After we are reminded of the joy of our salvation, that you will give us willing spirits to follow you. I thank you for all that you do in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. 
Well, friend, thank you so much for tuning in to Walk It Out today. I just love this time that we have. I wish you and I could go out to coffee and chat. I'm sure we could talk about so many things. Um, But if you enjoyed this podcast, I would love for you to share it with a friend. You can go to walkitoutpodcast.com. You will find all the show notes. You will find links. You can just even copy and paste the web address for your favorite show. Put it up on um, your Facebook page or Instagram page and tell others to tune in. It really makes a difference. I just love to know that this podcast is growing, that people are enjoying and um, that it's worth the time I'm taking away from my writing and my family to share it. So thank you again. I pray that you will be encouraged and blessed. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.